I think it's easy to overreact to certain heresies. For example, as evangelicals, we can overreact to the prosperity gospel, the gospel that promises if, if you put your faith in Jesus and he promises that you will be healthy, wealthy, and wise. We can overreact and say that's not true and forget that God does promise many blessings to his children, and they're not just uh, spiritual. Many of them are material, as we've been seeing in the book of Proverbs. But of course, along with those spiritual and material blessings, we can also anticipate suffering and maybe even persecution to one degree. Another overreaction that we might have is to the name it and claiming Name it and claim it teaching of some charismatics where they say if you just claim that some promise is yours, you will have it. And if you don't get what you're claiming, it's because you're lacking in faith. And we can overreact to that and say that our faith has nothing to do with believing the promises of God and receiving the gifts of God. Uh, that is an overreaction. The Bible is very clear um, that our faith is important. Um, let me give you a number of passages that talk about the importance of our faith. And perhaps we can begin with Hebrews 11, verse 6, which says, And without faith, it is impossible to please God, because anyone who comes to him must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who earnestly seek him. And as we read through the Gospels, there are actually many examples of people receiving blessings from God because of their faith. I'll highlight just a few. Uh, the first one is from Matthew 9, beginning at verse 20. And behold, a woman who had suffered from a discharge of blood for 12 years came up behind Jesus and touched the fringe of his garment. For she said to herself, If I only touch his garment... I will be made well. Jesus turned, and seeing her, he said, Take heart, daughter, your faith has made you well. And instantly, the woman was made well. Her faith led to healing. And then a little later in Matthew 9, beginning at verse 27, And as Jesus passed on from there, Two blind men followed him, crying out, Have mercy on us, son of David. When he entered the house, the blind men came to him, and Jesus said to them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? They said to him, Yes, Lord. Then he touched their eyes, saying, According to your faith, May it be done to you. Isn't that interesting? According to your faith, may it be done to you. If Jesus came to you this morning and said, according to your faith, it will be done, would anything happen? There's a good question we could ask ourselves. Now, I want to be careful here. Because God is so gracious, so merciful, so kind. That even when we don't believe, even when our faith is down here, God still answers our prayers. But at the same time, our faith really is important. 
Um, I like the words of Andrew Sadlin here. I think they're instructive. He says, the Bible does not depict doubt as a Christian virtue. The recent applause for doubt among evangelicals as a mark of quote-unquote maturity is rank unbelief. Godly Christians are believers. And the Christians who accomplish the greatest things for their Lord are those who believe him most ardently. Even the best Christians can doubt, but doubt is diabolical. So I think that's a good reminder. Um, Let me give you one other verse. Actually, two other verses. Stay with me. (laughs) Matthew 13, 57. Jesus is preaching in his hometown, and we're told, And they took offense at him. But Jesus said to them, A prophet is not without honor, except in his hometown and in his own household. And he did not do many mighty works there because of their unbelief. Their unbelief was a hindrance to Jesus working miracles in his hometown. So what do we do if we are struggling with unbelief? Which we all struggle with from time to time. Uh, One answer is confess it and ask God to help you. Here's a passage that I love and come back to again and again. Mark 9 beginning at verse 20. And they brought the boy to Jesus. And when the spirit saw him, immediately convulsed the boy. And he fell on the ground and rolled about, foaming at the mouth. And Jesus asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And it has often cast him into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything Have compassion on us and help us. And Jesus said to him, if you can, (laughs) I I don't know what kind of tone of voice he had, if you can, all things are possible for one who believes. Immediately, the father of the child cried out and said, I believe, help my unbelief. Isn't that a great prayer? If you've been at this church for a while, you've heard me use that prayer from time to time. I believe. Please help my unbelief. And when Jesus saw that a crowd came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirits. Isn't that a great prayer? I believe. Help my unbelief. Maybe that could be your prayer this morning as you're asking God to intervene in your life and various ways, which I know all of us are. This reminds us of our need to confess our sins. So let's do so now silently, remembering that our God is a gracious, merciful, and forgiving God.